Together we can love our bodies again Here on the gray scale Hi! Hi! Alright, right, welcome back to the Grayscale Podcast. I'm Sierra. And I'm Chrissy. And we have a lovely guest to introduce to you all in just a moment, but first a few reminders. Yes, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, like, share the etc. Um, oh, and I also, I do really want to shout out the people who've already, uh, written some reviews on Apple podcasts because you guys have said some really lovely, wonderful things and we're really flattered. Um, yeah, I did cry at one. So that was <laughs> a lot. Um, so thank you. Um, truly, we really can't thank you enough for the feedback, positive, negative, neutral, any of it. Yeah. We want to hear it y'all. Um, and now we're going to introduce our guest this week, Tiana Williams. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, uh, again, my name is Tiana Williams. Um, I'm from Indiana. Uh, I am currently studying musical theater at Indiana University. Um, and I'm, I'm a performer. I've been performing. I've been on stage to some capacity my whole life, but more solo career driven since like middle teens um, and studying that and aspiring to uh, launch my career in New York after this. Uh, other than that, I like to paint. I have a labradoodle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to play volleyball and now I'm just chilling as we are slowly getting out of this pandemic. I'm from Illinois, so I love the little Midwestern. Oh, yeah. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, awesome. yeah, I think we should just jump right in. Yeah. Um, just for context for everybody listening, we don't really know Tiana very well. So this is going to be, she's sort of a mutual, like, friend of a friend. So yeah. Um, this is going to be really cool and exciting to get to know you and we'll jump right in. Um, so, Tiana, how would you describe your relationship with your body? I would say it's always, always evolving. <laughs> I'm definitely on the upward, you know, everyone has their kind of like dark beginning of, <laughs> you know, their relationship with their body. Mm -hmm. um, but as of now, it's pretty, I have a pretty healthy relationship with, with my body. I know my body, I'm continuously studying it internally and externally and how it's affecting my mind. So it's, I would say it's a pretty positive relationship right now. I feel like that has happened. That's been like a, a quick transition or a slow, slow. Oh, slow. <laughs> Very slow. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, everyone, you know, you're born or whatever, you're a cute kid. And then you start, you know, either being like the skinny kid or the chubby kid, you know, and I definitely branched into being the chubby kid. Uh, but then sports, thank God. So I was able to like stay in shape and get into my true shape. But it's a, like I said, it's always evolving. A lot of ups and downs. I've gained weight, I've lost weight, more gained weight. You know, it's mm -hmm. um, so very slow. Um, but then more importantly, acceptance of like where I, what levels I would hit or, you know, what looks I would grow into. Accepting those, that's really where the growth um, isn't more important than like what I look like. It's like, how did I accept what I was looking like? At yeah. those times. Yeah. All right. So, what are some ways that you take care of your body? Uh, so, I mean, just I would say like a normal, you know, just watching what you eat. Mm -hmm. um, like I said earlier, I study musical theater. I'm a performer. So, that definitely makes me have to watch. Um, just how I'm taking myself overall, taking care of myself, um, you know, balancing between I need to, you know, I want to eat good, but I don't want to pass out in my ballet class, you know, so I have to eat sustainably. And especially with being a former athlete, that's just, that's always been something I've had to balance. But how I take care of my body, it's, it is working out, even if I do not want to, it's, you know, not depriving myself uh you know most importantly but you're still giving yourself what you need it's i think in general maintaining some sort of self-care that will always flow into your body and your health 
So keeping the mental good will always impact um, your ability to keep your body good. And, uh, you know, I would say during this pandemic, everyone probably had a slight trouble with that, you know, whether it was like keeping up with your parents or, you know, you're stuck in the house and you're stuck with all the food in your pantry, you know, things like that. But yeah, I would just say working out, eating well, and just more importantly, keeping, making sure that my mental is clear. Yeah. Can I ask kind of like a little piggyback question on that? Yeah. So when you talk about like the, the mental aspect of it, kind of like, do you feel like your relationship to food and your relationship to exercise right now in your life is as healthy as, or as positive, I should say, as your relationship to your body right now? Um, it's, it got a little off track (laughs) again during the pandemic. It was just like when the world stopped, it was like, what is there to do? I just, let me just grab a snack again because I don't know what to do. And yeah, uh, I would say, it. De- yeah, I definitely split off the tracks a bit, um, especially in the winter times or like when it's stressed and you have like finals and auditions and whatnot. It's just so easy to just like, okay, I need three cups of coffee and like this croissant or whatever. Um, so I would say just like a little lack of control has slipped into my regimen, but now that it's summertime for some reason that helps me organize myself a bit more. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I would say relationship with food and what was the other? And exercise as well. And exercise. Yeah, that too. (laughs) That too. But I, I'm dedicated to now that it's warmer, uh, really hitting it home since I kind of slacked in the wintertime. Yeah. Well, and also like, I, I, I just asked because I think that like a big part of the mental health part of that is like, you know, kind of also forgiving yourself for those, like, I guess, you know, just to, just to sort of use your words, like those slip ups, quote unquote. Um, because I think that like, while they can't, I think that so many people are going to relate to what you're talking about, because I think that we all feel like, there are times when we, when we get off track, um, so to speak, or, you know, off track for whatever that looks like for your life. Um, but I think that, you know, a a big part of the mental health aspect of it is also being like, you know what, it's okay. And it's like, if I need to snack on 10 bags of chips today, that's okay. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're really like listening to your body, you're most likely going to, if you're able to forgive yourself for it, then you're less likely to do the the binging part of that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah but, I agree with that. Yeah. You have to forgive yourself. You have to say, okay, maybe I'm not just succeeding in like my health regimen, but like I'm stressed because I'm doing this big project and that's where my success is mostly focused right now. Like you have, I would, that's so important um, to the mental aspect and physical aspect. You have to forgive yourself. Um, and still just maintain whatever goal you have for yourself. You slip up, but like everyone slips up in everything. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect at everything all the time. You slip up as long as you keep that goal, you know, whether it's like, I didn't drink as much water today, or I just simply have not gone to the gym, <laughs> like, like in a month or two months or whatever, as long as you're like able to forgive yourself for that, not beat yourself up because we're our worst critics totally. and just yourself back on the goal for yourself um oh you know you kind of owe that to yourself if you were in a good place you made goals for yourself it's like okay you know uh not stressed me really wanted to see you know how much weight I could lose or how much weight I can gain or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh yeah you have to forgive yourself you have to be lenient because it's so easy to beat yourself up yeah 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 100 percent I feel like that is also like the hardest part to get out of is like, you can always start things. You can like, I'm going to start exercise. I'm going to start eating a certain way. I'm going to start, you know, trying to change my mindset. And the moment you do have one of those slip ups is like, okay, well, why did I even try it in the first place? And so Mm. getting out of that mindset is always what I struggled with the most is like not letting myself grow from that or like 
treating myself kindly enough to forgive myself. Well, it's, it's kind of, I mean, when you think about it, it's like that, that sort of yo-yo dieting, it's that same format, right. Of the, like that cycle of like, I don't like myself, so I'm going to do this. And then when I ultimately don't succeed at that, I'm going to hate myself. And it's like this never ending cycle of that. Um, instead of like kind of allowing yourself to just like be a human and not, you know, because we can't, I think that like kind of what you're talking about and, and sort of what we're, you know, what we're talking about right now in this context is like forgiving yourself is, is allowing yourself to sort of be human as opposed to, you know, we can't, we can't live our lives in a hundred percent perfect regimented life. You know, it's like, we can't, we can't go to the gym five days a week, every week. We just can't like, and, and no, no matter who you are, like, and no matter how much will you have, you know, like you're never going to be able to live your entire life going to the gym five days a week. It's just not possible, um, to, to maintain that, you know, like things happen, things happen, you know, your body needs certain things. Yeah, exactly. And your meant, but like, just always put your mental first. Exactly. exactly. It comes. It's like, okay, if I just like really needed this right now, whatever it is, because like without the mental, there's, there's no will, there's no drive, like that is your source. Yeah. You have to be clear and you have to forgive yourself. And life is not about <laughs> trying to lose or gain weight. Yeah. It's like so many other things about life you know, no matter how much you want to do it. Um, cause it's been definitely a goal, of, uh, just a, a thing in my life. Weight loss has been a thing in my life, all my life. Yeah. But it can't be my life, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think as performers too, like there's just such a, um, such an expectancy about that. And like, you're kind of as a performer and as an artist in any capacity, um, you're sort of expected to adhere to a certain look mm-hmm. um, and a certain lifestyle. And I think sometimes it's really hard, um, again, to like forgive yourself when you when your life doesn't look like that, you know, especially because we're taught that if you want to be successful, that's what your life has to look like, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this next one because um, I'm sure we could go on and on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but have you ever been the target of fat phobic prejudice or bullying? Yeah, I wouldn't say huge fat phobia. Um, because again, I have had an up and down weight loss, weight gain. Um, so not huge, but just very, I would say minor fat phobia enough for me to, for it to really stain my mentality for a long time. Um, because you know, as a kid, um, I was like one of the only, you know, chubbier students in the school. And then really in addition to that, I'm already, I was already one of the only black girls at the school. So there was like no one in the building that really looks like me. Mm. Um, so with that, you know, you got the name calling and the treatment and, and stuff. Uh, and that really messed me up you know um and then you come home from school and you might go to a family outing and a relative might like poke and pinch at your stomach and it's like i don't need this <laughs> right yeah, now can we yeah. just can i can i eat like you're eating you know you know you feel guilty for you know eating too fast or whatever um and yeah even after losing weight it really it really affected how i saw myself I would still mm-hmm. think I was pretty fat and chubby, even if I wasn't. Um, I would still think I was the biggest person on like the volleyball team or in the choir, even if I wasn't. It was just like once a fat kid, always a fat kid mentality. I was always like, no, like I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. And it's like my parents are like, Tiana, you're like 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. It was just really bad. Um, so definitely, you know, it wasn't like huge fat phobia and prejudice I encountered, but enough for it to stain a lot of my childhood. Um, it took a few years to like get out of that. Um, growing up, like I was a really tiny kid in height and size and everything. And then 
um, when I started going through puberty is when I started gaining a lot of weight and it almost like came as a surprise to me when people started pointing it out and then I could never get past it. And it was always like, I talk about this in a previous episode that like, I would make the joke about myself before other people could. Um, uh, I was like, I know people notice. So I'm just going to, I'm be, I'll beat them to the joke because I don't want to, if, if I can avoid bullying by beating them to it, then let me do that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just like, I think that so many people experience this regardless of what side of it they're on, because I mean, kids are fucking mean. Like they they are. (laughs) They are. People do not understand that. Kids understand things. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, in terms of societal concepts, like fat phobia or racism or whatever like they get it and the minute they get it you know they don't know how to filter it kind of just new information to them but regardless things will come out of their mouths that will hurt people (laughs) and it's it truly it's a result of what they're what they're learning at home you know it's it's a result of them seeing mom like look in the mirror and shit on herself in front of her kids, which it's like a lot of people's moms have done this and will continue to do it. Or it's like your parents, you know, saying like, oh, I don't want to sit next to a fat person on the plane or, uh, yeah. Or like going to the grocery store and like seeing someone fight food and it's like, oh, they don't need that. Or, or even like, you know, like, oh God, that person must be so unhealthy. It's like all these assumptions that we, we unfortunately have as a society that just get passed down generationally. And I think this is one of the reasons why we ask people so often about their family life and their family history in this, in this context, because I think it's so rooted in, you know, what we, what we learn at home as kids is what we start incorporating into our day to day. And it's as young as like six, seven, eight years old, you know? Yes. I totally agree with that. It starts in the home and it could be, you know, you can get affected by it, by the people, you know, in your family or your neighbors or your friends or whatever and I think the thing that people don't understand is it could be so casual it's not that in any of these circumstances it's like oh you're fat like yes that happens but I think a lot of the the phobias that we experience in society are like out of pure ignorance and therefore it's very casual just like it just comes out of their mouths and it's like "Mm," you know what is that implying about that certain person and what they're representing. It's so casual. I think that's what's the tricky thing about calling it out. Yeah. Well, and I think especially with, um, women too, like, I think there's such a, um, a training (laughs) of like always commenting on a woman's appearance. And that happens at such a young age. I remember, oh God, I really wish I could remember where I saw this so I could properly source who I'm talking about here, but there was this video that I watched, I think at some point in the last couple of years talking about how this woman, um, used to do that, like, you know, to her friend's kids or her nieces or whatever, you know, would be like, Oh, you look so beautiful. Or, Oh, I really like your dress or, you know, like things like that. And then she suddenly, she was like, I, I think that that teaches girls the wrong lesson. And so she started being like, hi, it's so nice to meet you. What's your favorite book? Or like mm. things like that, which I think is so, because we we do, we like, sometimes we don't know what to say to children. And so we're like, oh, I'll just compliment them because right. that's what we're used to doing. But I think with girls, it's so often a, appearance based. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, it was really, I, it was an eye-opening video for me because I was like, oh shit, like I do that, <laughs> you know? Right. Yes. And you're that right. It's, it's, subtle. it's the subtleties. Yeah. 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 Or like the things you say that you don't know when you don't know what to say. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like weird small talk. Yeah. Small talk. And even like, I, I can hear it in my, in my dad's voice. Cause like, 
you know, he'll be like, you know, guys don't really, I'll try to like talk to him about, you know, an outfit or whatever, yeah. even if it's like a, a, a more masculine outfit or whatever. And, you know, just guys just don't really care. I mean, when you get older, you know, they care a bit more about their appearance, but yeah, it's a good point. You know, from when we were like little, you know, we were like constantly talking about appearance, 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 appearance. Um, and it's, it could get really skewed for, um, feminine being yeah yeah absolutely. um so the next question we have um are what are some things you know about loving your body that you would want to teach your younger self or a child i would just say like you can't you cannot genuinely and healthily change yourself if you can't accept and embrace where you are currently Hmm. Um, I mean, I can like go through all the summers where I'm like, I'm going to lose weight and I would do like the elliptical or whatever. And sometimes it's successful. Most times it wasn't. And, but I know my headspace wasn't great either, but the minute I was like, okay, I truly do feel comfortable. I accept and I fully love where I am right now. And because of that, I'm going to see how I can be a better me versus like, you know, look like so-and-so. Yes, I love you that. Have that clarity. That's when you could, you know, change yourself if you want. Um, <laughs> I just remember there's so many times I've been in a dance room and I'll ask, I remember just recently, I love my instructor. Um, but she's like a petite, you know, skinny thing. And you know we're in ballet, and I'm at, I come up after class. I ask her a question, and she I think goes maybe two seconds into the question, but then she's like, "By the way, you're beautiful. Don't change yourself. Like, you know your body type." And I was like, "That wasn't even a <laughs> question, but thank you. I wasn't going to change myself, but uh, thank you for reassuring that I don't need to. It was just kind of like." You know, uh, so you don't always need to change yourself. It's really just accepting all of yourself. And I came across something on social media and it was a, something as small as, you know, you don't have to love every part of you to love all of yourself. Mm. And I thought that was cool. Cause when you think about it, the people that we love, there are parts of them that we don't like, mm -hmm. like we can list them. So why should we hold ourselves in such a high pedestal like i'm supposed to love everything like you know some things you might you might not be like in love with but you know it's still accepting it and at least liking it enough you know just making sure that you love yourself as a whole so that's what i would say to my younger self uh just the continuous summers i try to change change and change i'm like no you need to change what's up here first before you can change what's down there you know how can you expect the world to accept and love you if you don't accept and love yourself it like really starts with your mental that's what i would say to yeah. my little little self yeah i love that i think that like i kind of had a similar um i had a similar shift when i sort of like discovered body positivity and and things like that like i really it, it suddenly clicked for me kind of in exactly what you, what you're talking about, where it was like, okay, it has to start in my head. It has to start with the, the mental stuff. And, and I had to change my thinking about not just me, but you know, like, because I, I think it was like a realization that I had a lot of, I was harboring a lot of fat phobic ideas and like mm -hmm. had a lot of, and I think that we all do, and it's not any one person's fault. It's, you know, it's like we are products of our upbringings and, and, you know, there are so many factors at play with that too. Yeah. But I think that, um, it, it is something that unfortunately, pretty much everybody alive today is going to have to work on to some capacity because it's so ingrained yeah, um, and it's so deep rooted and it's, you know, these aren't like new ideas. Yeah. It's also, it's really, it's easy to keep your, your, like your thoughts the same. Like it's easy to just like go through life and never change your initial thoughts on things. 
but that's why hopefully we live as progressive people and we learn and adapt. And we're like, you know what? I don't want to feel this way about myself anymore. I don't want to look at other people this way anymore. Yeah. And that is the, I think for me, that was at least the spark to start changing my mindset and seeing, and I love what you said about like, yeah, you don't have to love every part of Mm -hmm. yourself to love yourself. Yeah. Like I was just, I'm telling a a coworker the other day that I've been having a really rough week. Like there's, you know, you have bad days where you're just like, I don't like how my clothes fit. I'm just, I'm not feeling great, but I'm not depriving myself of anything. I'm not going into bad habits. I'm not going, I'm not, you know, punishing myself for having bad days. And that's helping me get out of the bad days. Yeah. I care about myself first yeah caring about yourself for yeah it's so so important and uh, <laughs> uh but yes it's it's just like the driving force and you know like I said earlier life isn't about like there's just so much more life so much more to each and end of individual person than their external appearance yes yeah um and what I just remember what I was thinking found my train of thought (laughs) uh was like like you said we I think we all have uh various amounts of fat phobia just because of either upbringing or just like how society portrays body types Mm -hmm. or it will be you know I think now or at least early 2000s it was like it's okay to be this size, you can lose. And it's like, why do, why are we telling people they need to lose? Yeah. Um, and then we're putting so much into, you know, what it means to quote unquote be fat. It's like, that does not mean they don't eat salads like every week. That was the crazy thing when I was trying to get healthy. It was like, I actually eat really well. That's just like how my body is. I'm just like not going to be this skinny stick. It's just like not, it's just not going to happen. And that's more than okay. Um, it's not like I need to, or even the idea of losing weight. I don't need to lose weight to get to a certain size. I think it's just whatever your body is built to carry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have so many friends who are just like beautifully big and they like, it, you can tell like, it's just, that's their body. And, yeah. you know, you yeah. can tell no matter if it's like you're a size two or a size 12, you can tell when someone is in their, their best shape, you know, when they're in their shape, being in shape does not mean you are finally a size two. Like yeah. that's not yeah. the goal. It's being your best shape, your best self. That's, that's what I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You said this at the very beginning and I love that you said it. You said your true weight or your true size. Um, And I love that you said that because I think that there in a previous um, person we interviewed, Mariella said, this is like her definition of weight is like where your body likes to live. It's like Mm -hmm. you, you can, you know, there are ways to try to force your body into a different um, size and different weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but there, your body is a, it's a living thing and it, it likes to have its, you know, homeostasis. It Mm -hmm. likes to live at a certain point and you kind of can feel, especially as you like are become like, as people become adults, like you just kind of know where that is. Yeah. As you like maintain a certain level of routine, you know, where that is like, Mm -hmm. um, you like are a performer. So you have this level of act like activity in your life that is pretty going to be constant for the most part. I do not, <laughs> I have to force myself to. And so my body likes to live with, you know, you know, four to six hours of exercise a week, but probably not more than that. Um, yeah. like three days. <laughs> so, you know, that's how that is. Everyone's yes. different. Well, and I've been seeing all this stuff, um, on social media too, about like, if, if, a if a weight is difficult to maintain, then you shouldn't be that weight. <laughs> you know, like if, if it's difficult to maintain, then that's not where you're supposed to be. That's right. not where you're supposed to be. Um, and that's not where your body wants to be. And I think that that's such a good distinction. And, and I also really resonated with um, something that you said too, about like, you know, when you were trying to get healthy, 
because I, I did a similar thing too, you know, a, a while ago and then realized I was like, wait a minute, I actually do eat really healthy. <laughs> like, right? like I am somebody that like, I really enjoy fresh produce and I'm privileged enough to be able to afford it. Um, and to eat that consistently. And I, I do, <laughs> I eat a lot of greens and I eat like a pretty good amount of fruit and, you know, I like a colorful plate and I've talked about it all here before. So, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I realized that. And then I was like, oh, and when I'm not like demonizing myself for eating sugar, when I want it, I actually don't crave it as much. So it's yeah. like, you, and, and this is, you know, we talk about this all the time too, yeah. but that's, that's intuitive eating, right? It's like, oh, okay, this is what my body wants. And, and like, I can trust my body, you know, it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to, it doesn't have to be all psychological. It's like, you know, you really can trust your body's instincts because it's going to tell you. Hmm, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe not even, it's not that it's a slip up, it's just your body at that moment is saying, and I think people, like, like you said, they kind of demonize their bodies for, you know, cravings, and cravings can get out of control, they can, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you know that you are eating pretty healthily, and you know, you just kind of want something all of a sudden, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about cravings all the time on this podcast too, but like, it's, I think that so much of the time what the craving, the cravings get out of control when you deny yourself, and if, you know, it's, that's when it, because it becomes this like, for, you know, forbidden fruit, quote unquote, where you're like, I can't have that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And then all of a sudden you wake up in the middle of the night and you're starving and you're like, well, I'm going to eat an entire box of cookies now because I've been denied. And that's, that is out of control a hundred percent, but it's because you're not like allowing yourself to have one cookie when you actually are craving it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Have we not all done that? I mean, my God. In college, especially, I would eat like an entire family size thing of Oreos in a sitting. Like I would binge like crazy. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I also like, there's also, you know, there's a level of like purposeful restricting and there's also accidental, which I think I suffer from the most. Mm-hmm. And in college, I was so busy that I'd go a whole day without like properly feeding myself and I'd get home and I had my own disposable income and I would go and buy Oreos and I would eat all of them in a night. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple to guess, but unintentionally depriving yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in college right now. And that happens all the time where I'm like, oh crap, like I'm starving. And then you finally get to your apartment and it's just, you're just eating what's in sight yep. because you haven't eaten all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that is like so much, it's so easy. I don't think people understand. <laughs> how easy you can slip if you deprive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And there is also another distinction too, because like different people's bodies want different things and want to eat in different ways. Like there are some people, I know a lot of people that like actually do really well and prefer to just snack all day. Like that's how they prefer to get their nutrients in and like they'll have a meal kind of but it's really more of just like a glorified snack situation and then you know and but they just want to eat like a little bit intermittently throughout the day and then of course you have all these studies on like why that's the way everybody should eat and then you have people and I'm one of these people where like I really like to eat meals and I like, like, I really like, I enjoy to eat breakfast. I enjoy lunch. I enjoy dinner. And I like to have a meal, something that feels really substantial, something that has a protein, preferably something, you know, like fresh, um, mm-hmm. and, or, and a grain. Usually those are like the three things that I aim for. And like, and I, do I eat three meals a day? Absolutely not. <laughs> but- <laughs> but I prefer to eat that way. And then there are a lot of studies that say, this is the way everyone should eat and everyone will lose weight if they eat like this, which we all know is not true. True. It's a load of bullshit, but it's like, you know, I think that when you allow yourself to eat what you want, when you want, you kind of can discover again by listening to your body, like 
what kind of person you are. Like, do you, you know, or maybe, maybe you really struggle to eat breakfast and you don't have a job or a lifestyle that requires you to have a lot of energy first thing in the morning. So maybe right. a cup of coffee, you have like a bite of something if you feel like it, and then you go about your day and then you have your first real meal at lunch. Like there are totally some people like that. That's me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's kind of me too. Not because I don't need the energy in the morning. It's more like <laughs> if I have ballet or tap or whatever dance at nine in the morning, I really don't want to be twirling with like a full eggs and bacon meal in my stomach. Totally. It will truly just be like, okay. And I, um, it, like you said, listen to your body. And I try the intermittent fasting, you know, stopping at a certain point in the night and then eating a little later in the day. And, you know, so my stomach's not even really awake when I wake up, but I just have to fill it with like green tea or coffee or something. But, you know, but like you said, it's kind of like learning what your body wants rather than trying to like train it. I mean, you can train to be more disciplined in what it wants, mm -hmm. but trying to go off what you are just supposed to, how you're supposed to eat is that's tricky and people equate that to like you're not working hard enough and it's like no I'm just disciplining what my body naturally wants yeah, yeah. I, I think that it, again in our society we have this really backwards mentality that like there is actually just one way and we haven't figured out what it is yet <laughs> and that everybody's uh if everybody's diet looks like x they will look like y and that's not true. And I think that there's such a common misconception just in, in, I mean, not just our society, I think worldwide that like, that's the truth when it really isn't. <laughs> I yeah. watched a video, like it was a TikTok. So not like an educational video. This woman saying like, I don't understand why so many people when they, when people talk about how everyone's body is different and genetically different and will look different. And when it's in the context of larger bodies, it's met with so much backlash, but it's met with so much of like affirm uh, affirmation when it's about like people who have like fast metabolisms. Mm. It's like, clearly there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's such a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like I said, like as a society, we're getting there. I mean, we're getting there with a lot of topics, but not there. Not there on a lot of topics as well. Yeah. Well, this, this is kind of a good little jumping off point because, and I'm really actually so glad that you picked this question. Everybody's been picking this question. I know, I love I'm it. so thrilled because it's a scary question. Um, <laughs> but what is your biggest body insecurity? Oh yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Um, like, uh, which one? <laughs> I know. No, <laughs> it's definitely, I mean, it's probably very common, definitely between, you know, the stomach and then more, you know, I don't know if it's super common, but my chest, mm. um, anyone that knows me, you know, I'm a bit more on the bustier side, but I'm pretty short. <laughs> so, You're in great, um, company. great company. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just, it's the worst. I've had so many women in my life, like, you're going to appreciate it when you get older. And I'm like, sis, I'm a little older and I still want this reduction. Like, it's, yeah. But I have to flaunt it. It's just difficult because I assess my body in kind of two different ways. Personal me, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to flaunt it. I'm just going to, you know, wear the stuff I want to wear, you know, still be like classy, but like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hide my body. Uh, but on the flip side, on my professional side, being a performer, being in a dance room where like the girls are literally half your size or just they could do all these, uh, you know, grand jetés and jumps and, you know, their chest isn't like echoing their movement where <laughs> you know, I'm dancing with like 10 pounds on my chest. It's just, I relate. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so those are those are my two uh, body insecurities. But yeah, you just have to flaunt it. I just have to, again, like you know, like we said a million times, you just have to like love where you are right now. Um, you know, will I maybe lose some off the stomach soon? Prayerfully. 
um, you know, and now that I'm summer motivated, but regardless, I'm here to, you know, still embrace it, you know, while I'm here. Yeah. Bring it back to the conversation of being a performer too. Like I, I think there is so much expectation to look a certain way. And I, I mean, I am totally in the same boat. I have a really large bust, like larger than pretty much anybody I know. Um, and have, and I also think we're like living in this, in this era right now where small boobs are really in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like taking that to like the nineties. Literally. When it was like the girl would have like everything small, but the chest was like huge, six feet from her chest. So yeah. I mean, I'm like, can I can I go back? Because yeah. I agree. Like society is like, and again, not that that's a bad thing. It's no. just always shifting. Like what body type is more popular? And uh, yeah, I would say bigger chests are not super popular right now. Let's see, in like ten years. No, exactly. And I think that it's, it's really hard because I recently have, um, really been struggling too. well, not recently. I mean, for a long time, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, I experience a lot of the same, uh, sort of ways of thinking, I think when it comes to my boobs, because like, I can't just buy a $20 bra somewhere and I can't just like wear a leotard by itself to a dance class. I have to wear a bra underneath and then I have to get the right kind of leotard that's not going to show my bra for any type of like, you know, showcase or whatever. Like I've, I've so been there and I think that it's, um, it's especially hard when you're in the world of performing because you're sort of made to feel like they're in the way. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, and especially when your industry, you know, like this is the industry where they can literally not give you the job because of how you look. Exactly. Oh, you hear yes. all the time about, Oh, you have the look. And it's like, what does that mean? Does that mean that they look adventurous and they look like, you know, the in- innocent ingenue or are they just like super skinny with blonde hair? Like what's the look? Um, yeah, or even like getting a, almost getting a job. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I, I'm sorry, I was totally talking over you. <laughs> um, but I was just saying that like, of course, and then that is also completely subjective. Yeah. You know, like, well, what does an ingenue look like to the person behind the table? Because that's always different too, you know? Exactly, exactly. Or you're getting close to a job, but, you know, maybe you're perfect, but you just simply don't fit the costume because of, your chest or whatever, no job. It's like, are you kidding? Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, that was a huge reason why I stopped performing in the first place is because like I was basically told whether it was by my peers or by like administrators that a five foot tall, you know, girl size 14 girl with big boobs isn't there's there's no role for you which is crazy because I had nothing to do with my talent it only had to do about my looks and it's like okay cool (laughs) I guess I gotta move on and that's so sad because it shouldn't have anything to do with the look if anything if you are not creative enough to see the character through whoever yeah. Then it's mm-hmm. a fault of on you know on their side. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's like okay, um, why does being like this adventurous soul equate to being like super fit? Like yeah. Hmm. Like I mean, I'm moderately, but like whatever, you could have a girl that's like a size twenty loves hiking like that. That's pretty adventurous to me. Like it's <laughs> it has no correlation what they look like has no correlation to how they are as people and then what characters they can portray. It's kind of just like, it could be so simple, but opinions make it complicated. I had a conversation one time about Wicked. Um, and I was like, I, I was like, I don't understand how, why, why we haven't had a not skinny alphabet yet. And they're like, well, that's not the role. I'm like, this is a fake character. Who's green. What do you mean? right this person it literally could be anyone because she's green she's not a person yeah 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 so I feel yeah I was just saying that to my my friend I'm like especially with these characters that live in these mystical worlds yeah yeah you know it's like 
want, like, it should be open-minded in any circumstance, but especially if they're just not on earth. <laughs> it's like, why does that matter? You know, it's, I agree. It's, it's so, it's so superficial and it doesn't have to be if we, if people kind of, you know, did their jobs and, you know, you're the creative team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. For a reason. For a reason. It's so messed up. And I, and I, I hate to be like general, but it's because the people who are quote unquote successful in commercial theater are, tend to be in an older generation that are not prepared for the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah. Where that a person's talent is not equal to their look and you should always cast based off of talent. Yeah. Bottom line, like what a person looks like has should truly have nothing to do with their, the role you're casting, unless it is pertinent to the character, then, you know, then the conversation's different. So like you're writing a character who it like their whole plot line is that like they're, you know, like that they're fat, then you should cast someone who's fat. You shouldn't right. have someone skinny in a fat suit. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We're past. <laughs> we're past. Oh, man. Past that. We should be past a lot of things. It's, it's very interesting watching like old movies or even old productions of shows. And it's like, ooh, this is kind of cringy. But back then, yeah. you know, it was like hilarious. But now it's like, mm, we really, that was kind of on the wrong track. Yeah. Well, we'll hop into the next question, which is what are some thoughts you've had surrounding um, sex and sexuality when it comes to body acceptance? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I just, um, I think as women or general feminine beings, the minute we get confident, in our sexuality it's like we're doing it for everyone else Mm. and again we're embracing that a little bit more on social media i think of people embracing their sexuality and how they look but the real world is still the real world you know and you know you can see a woman wearing something and she'll be labeled as like you know scandalous or like you know she's trying to attract the dudes or whatever and it's like no she kind of just likes how she looks in this and that's the end of the story it's not for someone else um yeah I mean I have trouble with that too because you know I do have the bigger chest and that could I understand how that can be attractive, but I am not wearing like this top. I'm not wearing it to get the, you know, the dues or whatever. I'm wearing it because I like how I look. And that's very important because um, you should find yourself attractive. I think that's very, I don't know why people are kind of like weird with it. Like you should find yourself sexy. You should find yourself attractive, but that's for yourself. and especially when you have girls that or women or feminine beings, period, that are either have features that are sexualized or in general, they're bigger. And it's like, we're just immediately sexualized. Mm. Like, okay, but if a skinny girl wore this top, you would think it's just like a cute little top or she's still like this innocent skinny thing. Mm-hmm. But we're like, ready to go. It's like, no, <laughs> I kind of just like this top on me. Yeah. Um, so I think there's this, uh, unfortunately society pins, you know, being confident in your physical appearance as a direct correlation to like what you're trying to do sexually for others. Yeah. It's like sexuality is not, it's not for others. We can share our sexuality with others, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my sexual appearance is for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that there's been like a real tactic in the suppression of women to, um, to shrink women physically because, you know, there's this idea that if a woman takes up space, then she will have like more power, I guess, like, which is a weird mentality. But I, I really think that men are just so scared of, of women having control because, 
it's so like, they're just not used to it. I mean, it's like anything, <laughs> it's like anything that's different than what you're used to is scary. And it's like, God forbid a woman takes up space. Oh yeah. Has an idea or makes more money than you, you know, like it's, it just things like that. And I think that there is, there's a real effort to shrink women. Oh yeah. I mean, the minute we're confident, it's like, you know, she's stubborn or especially like for women of color, we're sassy or whatever. It's like, it's never just, this is a strong, confident woman, nothing more. You know, she doesn't have to be, you know, stiff or like, you know, a know-it-all or whatever. There's so many terms that are immediately connected to us simply because we're just like confident women. Like you said, not afraid to take up space. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just so, it's so crazy how fast we get those. And there are movies made that way, you know, it's like demonizing the woman for just knowing what she wants and like not, you know, walking with her chest held high. I kind of experienced that in high school when I was more shy, but then when I started really like saying, screw this, I'm actually going to like myself and like what I can offer to the world and people did not like that I had some friends that you know were like happy but it was so that was another kind of traumatizing experience because it, it made me not want to be confident it made me want to shrink myself because people would say you know Tiana's arrogant she's a know-it-all whatever mm-hmm. guys would come to me you know wanting to talk to me but then saying you know we've heard you're high maintenance or we heard yada 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 and it's like like where did that come from you don't even know me and like again like I said it's just confidence in the form of women or feminine beings is automatically it just has such a negative connotation and it makes us not want to take up space yeah Uh, taking me like years to get over that and then this in the performing industry you need to be confident but no one wants to work with a diva or someone that is arrogant so even in those spaces, I'm like hesitant to really express my confidence in myself. I'm like, I don't want to seem like this diva. I've been called that a million times. I don't want people to think of me that way, but I shouldn't, it shouldn't be bad for me to say like, yes, I'm, I, I think I'm cute. I, I think I'm talented. Um, I've worked hard. Um, I know what I can offer. Um, and I'm cute. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't, like, that should not be a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, too, there's like this expectant for women to also be like humble, mm-hmm. that that's like a trait that you should have as a woman. And not that being, you, you know, humility, humility is a good trait to have to an extent, but it's also like, know your fucking worth, you know, like, like, okay, maybe you are high maintenance, quote unquote, high maintenance, because you actually treat yourself as though you deserve what you actually deserve, you know? And it's like, I'm so sorry if you can't, if you're not emotionally mature enough to adhere to that, but I'm going to, I'm going to expect what I deserve from you. And if you can't give that to me, you can move right along. Cause I am not going to waste my time on you. you yeah. Know? And it's, it's that simple, but yeah, that's, that is huge yeah we are definitely expected to be humble and everyone should be but if it's being humble is not the thing but like belittling yourself is a problem yeah I had a a, an acting teacher once say like you should be exuding humble confidence you know your worth you know you're talented but you're not there to tell other people you're gonna show them Mm -hmm. you're gonna show them that you're talented not going to go, Hey, I can go and do this and like be a brat. Like that's not it. Yeah. (laughs) That's not it. And Um, that's why it scared me so much when I was getting these comments. Cause I'm like, I've, I've, I feel like we've all maybe encountered people who like actually are. Oh, absolutely. Actually are arrogant. And it's like, I know what that feels like to work with someone like that, you know, or just be around those people that are trying to legitimately tell you how great they are type of people. I'm like, I do not want that reputation. Um, it's hard to break that reputation too, especially as women. Yes. 
Um, and I feel like another thing that like, as you become more confident, you grow boundaries. Mm. Um, I'm learning about like my boundaries a lot. Cause I've realized I have a lot. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's another thing that can then, you know, be portrayed by people as some level of arrogance of like, Oh no, I'm not going to do that. Um, especially as a performer, like sometimes you're asked to do some crazy shit that you're not comfortable with and you're expected to just be down for it. Um, whether that's what you're actually being asked to do or even pay, like how much you're going to be paid. Unfortunately, as a performer, you're sometimes like, they'll say like, and we'll give you a stipend for 40 hours a week. And it's like, okay, well, cool. Um, Thank you for the offer. Kind of a a feeling, but you also, you know, you don't want to come off as that person who thinks they're too good for that. But it, the reality is, is you are, and you're usually being underpaid and undersold and mistreated. Yeah. So. God forbid you think you're too good for that. Like you are. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's just those things, saying those things out loud, even like saying, like we said, saying the things we said out loud are weird because we're as women trained to be just so humble and, and yeah, it's like, no, I, like you said, I know my worth. I know what I can contribute. Like that's those should be glorified. Those shouldn't be deemed like, oh, she's cocky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one wants to be cocky. That's the other thing. We all exactly. We all know those people, and we don't want to well, be them. Co- cockiness, I find, like to me, it always feels like it's very much rooted in insecurity. It's mm. not, it's not somebody who's, who's secure and confident. It's actually coming from a place of needing validation. And that's where that comes from. It's like, oh, well, I have to overcompensate so that people, you know, think X, Y, and Z about me, you know? Yeah. And I would say men can get away with that. Oh my God. The coffee ones will be, men will be deemed confident and like, you know, forward thinking and witty or whatever and they will be legitimately cocky mm-hmm. but a woman mm-hmm. that is confident will be cocky and they're not it's it's interesting yeah <laughs> unfortunately um it I I was thinking like while we were having this conversation I was like just having flashbacks to college yeah <laughs> thinking about the different people who are pegged as certain things and it's just unfortunate that that's what most performers have to deal with and that's why I left the industry yeah, yeah. um has a significant other ever commented on your body positively or negatively and how did you react um so that when when I saw this question it made me think of a specific time and it was positive but because my mindset at the time was not positive hmm. I hmm. could not accept that it was a positive thing. And basically, uh, I had a boyfriend at the time. And, but that day I went out with a girlfriend to the pool and, um, you know, I had the bikini on, but you know, this is my friend. So I'm not really trying to look sexy or whatever. And again, I wasn't really in the mind, right mindset. Um, you know, didn't look my best, you know, hair wasn't looking great, but we took pictures to, you know, remember the time or whatever. Somehow I accidentally sent those instead of to her, I sent them to my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh crap, like he's never seen me in a bathing suit. I was like, oh my God, like my belly's just out. Like my stuff, my hair doesn't look great. Like I did not think I looked cute. Um, and he was like, babe, like you're cute. Like you look fine. Like what are you talking about? I'm like, no, like delete those. And he's like, you look fine. Like you're cute. Like, yes, I like that. Like. And I was like, he's lying. Like, he has to be lying. Like, hmm. how, I was thinking to myself, like, how could he think that's attractive? And again, because I don't even think that's attractive. Hmm. So how can hmm. I, how can I accept that from others? And he, I mean, I, I don't know if he was lying or not. I doubt it. <laughs> you know, because I, I can't clean myself up pretty well. But um, yeah, I just remember being like, legitimately, like, scared I was like oh my gosh he's not gonna like me anymore and again even when he gave me that positive affirmation I still could not accept it that's that's a memory that I yeah I thought of with this question yeah I I became like a meme 
but I loved Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I hated that the we accept the love we think you deserve or we accept the love we think we deserve became like a meme because I like read that in high school and was like, that's it. That's how I feel. Um, because I was like, I think I, at the time, and I even struggle with this now is like, sometimes I'm like, I don't deserve people to feel good, like to, to be treating me well. Like I'm not, I'm not attractive enough. I'm not a good enough person. I'm like, I don't check any of the boxes. And so people don't deserve to, to be kind to me. And it's hard to accept compliments um, when you feel that badly about yourself Mm -hmm. or you're that insecure because it, it, you're like in your brain, you're like, I don't understand. You have to be lying. You have to be trying to get something from me Mm. uh, or just trying to make me feel like you like me, but you're really going to turn your back on me at some point because I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt that way for so long and I still, I have like residual feelings about that a lot. Hashtag trauma. Hashtag trauma. (laughs) Because I, I, I came from like a, a, an environment that was constantly, you know, people saying bad shit about you and you believe it. And then all of a sudden they'd say something nice and it's like, well, I already know that's a lie because everything else is negative. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad time. <laughs> High school sucked. It sucked. So just, you know, just on uh, the social media yeah. society, it's like, if you don't look like you got in surgery, then, you know, it's like, oh, natural or like, good for you, bracing yourself. It's, it's so much. Um, it just, it's, it's, it makes just more, it makes it harder. And it's just it's more toxic. Um, the, the time, these times are in general just toxic. <laughs> Do you think, as as you said before, your relationship with your body is is much better now? Do you think that you receive compliments differently now that you have accepted yourself more? I I would say they've improved. I still am. I'm still getting over the time where I, you know, was confident and then people started, you know, thinking I was a, you know, diva, whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I think we all at this point, you know, if you look good, you get a compliment and um, I just don't know how to accept it. I'm like, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it, it makes me so uncomfortable still. Cause I'm just like, wait, like, do I want to, cause the confident me, I want to be like, thank you, girl. Like I want to, you know kind of embrace the compliment but not in a I don't want to be you know arrogant so compliments still make me feel weird and I'm still trying to impact you know how I can get over that um yeah other than just like taking the weight off of people's opinions even like the good ones you know like um and if someone does think I'm, you know, arrogant or in general, if people do as women, if they make you feel like you're cocky or whatever, it's like, okay, screw them. Uh, next. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I still struggle with compliments um, for, you know, both of those past situations, but we're getting there. We're growing. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to the performer again, too. Like, I, I feel like, we're we're taught to regard people's opinions of us so highly because I I almost think that like especially when you don't automatically fit nicely into a little stereotypical box of what you know what a type is quote unquote um which like I definitely don't and <laughs> never have um you know like I think so much of our industry is about like trying to figure out what your type is. And, and so it's almost more important to know what other people are, are perceiving from you because it's really hard to know what you're, it's not, it's hard to be objective in thinking about your own type, obviously, because, you know, you have your own relationship with yourself, but I think that it, that almost screws us all over because then we're so used to, 
relying on other people's opinions of us to like create our self-identity almost. Yeah. This like makes it so hard to, to really almost even have an, a, a true opinion of who you are because you're constantly thinking about who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're constantly putting like this invisible mask on you know, trying to protect yourself in a certain light or just in general, the weight of opinions being, you know, in this industry, networking, you know, while you can network in any industry, I feel like networking is more imperative because of how subjective our uh, career is. Yes. So, you know, it's like, you know, you want a, a director, you know, you want them to have a good opinion of you so that if another director calls or yada 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 and oh I love so and so and just like the opinions are kind of like legitimate tools in this industry because of how important networking is and it's like crap <laughs> I, I can be my true self and just express myself in full is that gonna cause me not to get jobs it's it sucks yeah yeah well we'll end on a high note <laughs> as we always try to do yeah. um which is um uh, what are three things that you love about your body um ah should have thought this through <laughs> goodness gracious um I guess I love my general physique you know we could I I um I would say like I'm a fit chubby girl um <laughs> That's one, I guess. Uh, I don't know if this counts, but like, you know, I like my smile. Absolutely, Absolutely. counts. You do have a gorgeous <laughs> smile. You do. Oh, thank, oh God, see. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, and um, I think I'm going to say I love my chest. I'm going to put that out there. As much trouble as I have believed it's given me I'm going to say that I love my chest because this year I really am trying to like step into here I am here it is so I'm that's what I'm gonna leave that off with I love that too I love that that you can one of your favorite things about yourself can also be something that is a biggest insecurity and I think that that I think that goes for a lot of people I love Mm -hmm. I love that you said that I think that's perfect yeah well thank you Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been so lovely getting to chat with you and getting to know know you. you. Yeah. Yeah. You too. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Jumping right in with some intimate details about our lives. Friends forever (laughs) now. I know. I know. I know. Right. But it's crazy how obviously we don't all have the same experiences, but you could relate with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I just think in general, everyone's gone through some things, but for some reason, certain people can empathize with that and others can't. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of, if we just in general, I always use the word empathy and empathize. I say that just like all the time, because if you have the ability to empathize, you are able to understand so much more. Yes. If you understand that, you know, you complete strangers, whatever, but everyone's kind of gone through some shit, basically, mm-hmm. you know, you might, you know, walk through this world with a little bit more patience, a little bit more grace, you know, with people. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> um, and on that note, um, <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in. And again, don't forget to throw us a rate or a review. If you haven't already subscribed and followed, um, you know where to do so. Yes. And remember all shades of gray are beautiful. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.